with me, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Wait, what happened? Hey everybody! Hey there fellow space cadets! You're listening to Chris and Marco. And welcome to the Contrast Podcast, where we rehash some of our favorite destinations and spill the tea on some of our shenanigans. Join us as we attempt to pitch a tent on the moon. So buckle up bitches, it's gonna be one bumpy ride. I must say, and I think I've mentioned it somewhere in the podcast, that I absolutely love Polish people. I have one friend who's from Krakow, and man, that chick, shit man, I don't think I've ever met someone like her in my life, and I don't think I will ever meet someone like her ever in my life. One of the most amazing, seriously, words cannot describe this chick even though. Like, I was going through like a very messy breakup, and I was, I was so far away from home when all of this bullshit was going down. Man, this chick, she literally, she just, she came in and she, she was just a family I needed. She didn't ask questions. She didn't whatever. She just came and she just put her, I felt like she just put her wings around me. I will never, ever forget her for that period in my life. She literally would talk me to sleep at night. Uh, and bless. when I wanted to get like wasted, she was there for me and she gave me that good Polish headache medication. Oh my God, they <laughs> the best pills in Poland. Hallelujah, Polish meds. Oh my God. But man, I tell you, Chris, like I was, I, I, couldn't, I didn't even want to sleep alone, you know? Mm. You know how that goes. Yeah. You know, when the breakup is like, just like, it's, it's, it's really raw. Yeah. And she, she just, she came to me and she's like, you're not sleeping alone tonight. You're going to come and sleep with me. And I literally just like, we were just like, laying and in a bed talking shit and we order pizza and oh man i just like just thinking about it makes my heart so i love polish people from the top mm. of, but talking about places uh, you know parts you know people around the world and that you know we left little bits of our heart you know around the world like because i feel like a little bit of me is with her will always mm. be with her mm. she like really loved me so hard in that moment it just was just like a genuine friend. And I've, I've had that experience a lot with people, you know, that I've met on my journey on the road. And I'm, I know you've had that as well, where you've just seen a particular part in your life on the road and you're away from anyone familiar. And yeah. you, you know, you just, you just, I don't know, you cling on, you cling on to people. Yeah. Or I don't know, life gives you that person or that destination. And I'm very amped to be talking about today's destination. Oh my gosh. This place, I cannot even begin to. I'm so excited, guys. When I knew that we were talking about this issue, my heart literally just lit up. Like, my heart literally just lit up. And it's such a... Those who know, know about the destination. You know, those who know, know. But if you don't know, you're so missing out on this destination. Today we are talking about Simrib. It's a, It's a... Not a city, really. Um, it's be much bigger than a village. I would say it's a city um, in Cambodia. And Cambodia is a country in Southeast Asia. And it is bordered by, I think, Bangkok, Thailand on the west. And Vietnam on the east. And then <clears throat> I think it's got a border with Laos as well. But yeah, this destination, I definitely left a little bit of my heart there definitely left a mm. large chunk of my heart there and you know once we are done with all of us i think you guys will all see why this place just blew my socks off i'm excited i don't know much about cm reap as i said it's, it's not a it's not big by any measure um it's the capital of the cm province which is in the northwest of cambodia and has a very strong you you see a bit of the french colonial but when the French were in Cambodia, and you see a little bit of the Chinese architecture as well. But the city's claim to fame definitely comes from the temple complex and Wat, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But obviously, because this is Cambodia's largest drawing card is Angkor Wat, um, 
So mm. obviously there's like a bustling tourist vibe in the city as as well. So it's in the northwest of Cambodia. It's about from Bangkok. It's about 500 kilometers east of Bangkok. You can catch a bus from Bangkok there, or you can, or you can fly okay. to the capital of Cambodia, which is um, Phnom Penh. And then from there, you can also find your way up as well. But there is a large airport as well in Simrip as well. A bus journey for 500 kilometers from Bangkok to Simrip sounds like an odyssey. Yeah, no, I didn't do that though. I flew in. I flew in from Bangkok. Ugh. It was like a 45-minute flight, an hour 45-minute flight or something like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just flip, man. I always wanted to go to this place. I Like ever since I was like 12 years old, always wanted to go to Cambodia, Simri specifically. And I I think, you know, if you've, if you've been with the Contrast Podcast now for a while, you might have noticed in some of the episodes that I mentioned that I, I do game a little bit as well. And if I've not mentioned this before, <laughs> I'm a huge Tomb Raider fan. Holy hell. I had such a confused crush on Angelina Jolie when I was like a, like a young adolescent. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't even know why. I mean, ask me now. And no, I can't... we know why. Just look at her. That figure. Those lips. But sweetie, that don't make sense. Like, one plus one definitely don't make three. You know? <laughs> it doesn't make three at all. So. <sighs> Depends who you ask these days. Yeah, so I. And in the very first movie that they ever did with Tomb Raider. The very first one. It's like, yeah. flip, now I'm showing my age, girl. I'm showing my age now. <laughs> The very first like location that she visits is like this temple complex in Simrib. Mm. I was like, man, this looks so cool. Do you see this? Do you see it in your mind's eye? Yeah, very vaguely. I know that the first one is when she has to go. Don't they end up going to some ice region or snow region and Yes, Siberia. In Siberia, okay. Siberia. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is so cool. Oh my gosh, I want to go here one day. And then obviously as the years went by, you know, this fascination just grew, 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 grew. Mm. So this country just always just fascinated me. And as I got a little bit closer to actually visiting the destination, I actually started educating myself about Cambodia. And, you know, it's a Southeast Asian nation. And it's like, it's pretty green because of the Mekong Delta not being that far away. Mm. And Phnom Penh being its capital, very weird. It's a, in English, it looks very weird to pronounce yeah. because it's P-H-N-O-M. So like, if you, if you haven't heard it, you're going to have a tough time, you know, pronouncing it. How do you pronounce it? Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh. And Cambodia has a, you know, it's a very old country. I mean, the Khmer Empire stretched into like the 11th century or something like that. But... You know, people, when they hear Cambodia, they think Angkor Wat. They think the Khmer Rouge. Yeah. You know, which happened, I think, in 1975 with Pol Pot. And, you know, that left a terrible scar in the country as well. And yeah. Even today, there are still active, like, um, landmine sites and all of those things. And it was, you know, like, when you go there, you can still feel echoes of this period of the Khmer Rouge years, if my memory serves, you can have like 1.7 million to 2 million people were killed, which is about 20 to 30% of the population at the time. Oh. And it's flippant. If you look, if you think about, you know, we, and rightly so, I mean, the Holocaust, it's 6 million people. That's huge. Yeah. You know, 6 million people is humongous. And I mean, something like, Two million people also just like being blown off the face of the earth, so just vanishing off the face of the earth as well. 20 to 30 percent of a country's population. Intense, I tell you. It's crazy. But I mean, the Rouge years were technically about four years, right? So in four years, they decimated 20 to 30 percent of the population. It's unbelievable. I think what most of that was achieved by they forced everyone out of the cities and basically turned the whole country into a one big labor camp and this is crazy that there was a holocaust of that nature it's unbelievable and then you know once the Khmer Rouge years were over thankfully that ended i think it ended in 79 
And yeah. then I think they ended like a very interesting period. It was about a decade of that Khmer Rouge legacy still. You still felt it, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't just disappear overnight. No. So no. eventually it came to Cambodia now being a kingdom. And honey, it is a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so interested. I, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I, one of my favorite people in the world, and people is going to be like disagreeing with me because of atrocities and godness, whatever goes in the media. But y'all, I'm a fan of the queen. And not just because she's a queen and I'm a queen. <laughs> you, know, you know, queens recognize each other like that. But I don't know, there's just something about it. She's very regal and serene and, you know, she just has a little thing. I love like, kingdoms and royalty and I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I just have such a fascination with it. Maybe it appeals to your childhood Disney fantasy. No, maybe it appeals to my royal blood, and we're going to get into that. Oh, episode. here we go. No, no, honey. Here we go. Are you going to tell me that you some, what, you belong to which monarchy? Okay. Let me just quickly, just listen this. We're going to deviate a little bit, but I need to just put someone, just need to put him in a, in a mode here, because he's not putting respect on my name, and mm-hmm. there's royal blood flowing through me. Mm. Now, let me just put this out there for you. First of all, so I don't know if you know that back in like, you know, when the Habsburg family was like huge back in Europe. Have you ever heard of the Habsburg family? No. Well, they were basically in every royal family. They were everywhere that the crown was, the Habsburg family was there. So the royals believed that they were blue bloods. So they started doing this thing where cousins started marrying cousins and, 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 you know, it was, it was a whole same WhatsApp group situation. And yeah. then the gene pool was starting to dry out a little bit and the gene pool was like, nah, fam. They all started looking like potatoes. Not potatoes, but a genetic anomaly occurred. And oh, it was hemophilia, wasn't it? Here we go, honey. Yes. There we go. There we go. And that was because the royals were, they were doing some incestuous business, you know. Yeah. And that somehow made its way to the shores of Africa, honey. Oh. And I told you that I have ancestors that come from Europe and all over. You know, I'm, I, I come from all over, basically. But I think between my, from my connections from Italy or something like that, that came through. And it's actually in my family. I have family members that have hemophilia. So there we go. Fact proven, don't at me go, royalty, put respect on my name. So basically, basically don't, don't, even, don't even get cute. What you, your, argument, <laughs> your argument is that if you've got hemophilia, you put Because that's blood. how it happened. That's how it happened. <laughs> Just to clear it up for the listeners who wanted to, who had to endure that long story. That was not a long story. <laughs> that was not a long story at all. And I will take my crown in any form possible. Thank you very much. But anyway, I was very interested in that Cambodia was a kingdom. And then I did my research because I was like, oh, bitch, there's a kingdom. And then I saw the king. Mm-hmm. Now that's a king, honey. <laughs> the king, he came to power in like 2005, some, somewhere there, somewhere there, you know. I think it was around October 2004. When Dida was doing a thing and Ali Fatada was popping off and Outcast was a huge <laughs> moment. Sounds about the right time for him to be named king or queen, depending how you look at it. You know, and there were some rumors about this, this king, because Sis is like ancient, well, not ancient, but, you know, unmarried, eligible bachelor. And he didn't really lay a claim to the throne because he was living his life in Paris, like as a chef or something like that. I'm not really sure what he was doing in France, but he is fluent in French and he was doing his thing in France. His name is very complicated. I'm just going to call him the king because I'm not going to embarrass myself like that today. But yeah, he became the king in 2004 on the application of his father. And, you know, but the thing is though, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to insult the king, though. He, his clothes is on point. Always on point, mm. you know. Very fashion on it, though. I admire a fashionable king. So I was very interested in mm. this country with this king with a very interesting life story and history. So as far as the gay community is concerned, 
you feel like he's one of you. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to deny or confirm anything because I want to go to Cambodia again. I want to go to Cambodia again. You don't want to be denied entry. I don't want to be denied entry. To Cambodia, not you to know, him. Like I... No, 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 please. <laughs> please. Dusty. Please. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not going to do that today, but... You said you've been looking for a sugar daddy. No, but you know, like, you know how I feel about the sugar daddy situation. Mm. I want the sugar, but not the daddy. Mm. Yeah, mm. You know, but then also diabetes is a thing as well. So you must be careful. <laughs> so I want to lose a toe. But anyway, so I made my way to Cambodia because of my fascination with Tomb Raider. Yes, you, you see the power of media and how it influences us because because of Tomb Raider, I've gone to like a few places because that's like, God, I've been here. And some people are like, oh, have you been here before? And I'm just like deadpan. Yes, I know my way around. I hunted for treasures and bullshit three years. So, <laughs> yeah. So when I was busy, you know, blowing, because I, I had like a year where I was just basically blowing around the world. And I think I've mentioned her before. She's absolutely amazing. And she helped me plan all my travels. And... She just one day offhand mentioned to me that she was to Cambodia. And she said, oh, man, it was so amazing. I was like, oh, girl, I've been wanting to go to the place for forever. So this was the year that I was 21. And my mom was like, well, you're 21. You know, what's a tea? And I was like, no, we are not going to be having a big party for nobody because I'm not going to be feeding anybody because my in my culture, you have a big party, everybody come, the next day they're discussing about how bad the food was and who dressed like what and all of that. Oh, no. I know that that happens because we do it. We literally have like a little conversation the minute we get home. Oh, my. It's not even anything. I'm eating my family's business. That's so negative. <laughs> it's just what we do, girl. It's just what we do. Who initiates that conversation? Is it you? I'm not going to say that I initiated, but I definitely do support it, though. You certainly indulge it, don't you? I do indulge it, though. And you know, it is my other favorite oh, game to also play as well with these family events. It's like, <laughs> that's certainly not his child because that child doesn't look like him. <laughs> that's a very tiring game to play, though. A very tiring <laughs> game to play, though. Very tiring game to play. I'll be standing I'm like, mm -mm. how's it going to be your child, though? That child has blue eyes, though. <laughs> like, your blue eyes, blonde hair. He can't be your child. <laughs> like, <laughs> how does it work, though, man? Like, how does it work? Or, like, for example, the dad's is jacked up, the mom's is jacked up, but the baby says good-looking. <laughs> Where does this come from, though? Uh... Like, for example, though, like, my mom, she got that bone-straight Indian hair. Girl annoys me. She annoys me with her hair, though. My dad's hair, girl, it's all jacked up to pieces. <laughs> That's why my hair is jacked up to pieces. You know, one plus one equals two. But like when the babe, when the mom's is jacked up and the dad's is jacked up, you're just like, how did that happen though? Explain to me for 10 marks. But anyway, we're not going to get into that today. That's a long conversation. <laughs> anyway. So I was like, no, we're not going to have a party because I'm not going to be a conversation for anybody. So my mom was like, okay, cool. Now I've mentioned this before. Now you all know my mom, she loves Thailand. So my mom was to a gap. She was like very marked. She saw a gap in the market and she took it. <laughs> she was like, we are going to Thailand for your 21st. And I was like, I love the words coming out of your mouth right mm. now. And it was, man, that was such a good, good vacation. Was that the first time that she went oh, to Thailand? Because I know she frequently visits. No, no, no. That was not okay. the first time she was there. That was like, I think the second or, second or third. I, I can't remember. I lose count with her. But anyway, so... We went and we had an amazing time. That is a lot of fodder for another episode though. Okay. Maybe we'll get her involved. Okay. That was actually like a really, really special vacation. Really, really special one. And so I was telling my travel manager at the time, I was telling her, well, girl, I'm going to be in Thailand. And we were talking about Cambodia like a few months ago. Girl, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a hop, skip and a jump away. Mm. And she's like, you're right though. And then I was like, I'm just going to tack on Cambodia's little gift from me to me, you know. <laughs> and I had my dad's credit card. I was like, girl, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just like, swipe it, girl. I'll pay the consequences later. Did she go with you, your mom? No, my mom, 
she flew, we went to Thailand and we did our thing there. And then on the way back, man, oh man, I did the worst thing ever. So my mom, she organized everything in terms of us going to Thailand and getting me back to South Africa. But the Cambodia thing, I did completely separate from, you know, from them. Because they had to come back for work and blah, 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 whatever. And at this point in time, I was working for myself. So I could come and go as I pleased. So we flew in from Phuket at like, I think it was like midnight or something stupid like that. We fly from Phuket and I had this amazing time with my mom and my stepdad and was always so bittersweet saying goodbye to her because I, I didn't want it to end. And the money she turned around, I was like, okay, bitch, let's go. Let's do this Cambodia thing. <laughs> and then, because the, the Phuket Bangkok flight was a domestic flight. So I was on the, like, the domestic side of things. So I could not get yeah. into, because it's a Cambodia flight, it's an international flight, and my flight was leaving 10 o'clock the next day, and it's midnight. Mm. And I didn't book a hotel or anything like that. Oh, man. Oh, Marco. I had to sit in, like, the general little section for, like, 12 hours or something silly like that. I just sat there. I was watching Game of Thrones. Like, I was tired. I couldn't sleep. Ugh, that sounds miserable. I hate that. I hate that when you have to just wait around for transport or you have to wait around for a check-in oh i hate it when you wait around for a check-in to an airbnb oh man it was so horrible because it was a general section so anyone from the city could walk in and just bother with my stuff mm. and i had a lot of things with me i had my computer with me my ipad with me phones cash money passports everything eventually my flight gets in at like 11 ish or whatever the hell I leave. Thankfully, it's a 45-minute flight. I think the bus ride from the <laughs> the bus ride, because that airport, Suwanapu is huge. The Bangkok International, the grounds, it's humongous. And the gates were like, you went through the little bus on the one side of the airport and it drove you all the way to the other side of the airport. I think the bus ride to the plane was longer than the flight. <laughs> I was very tired also. But anyway. Uh, man. So... I get on the flight, I go there, but I just told my travel agent, I told her, you know, book whatever, I trust your judgment, just tell me the, I was not even tell me the amount, but I said, oh, not too much though, but God came through. Due to the nature of my back roads lifestyle, I've had the opportunity to sit in some very interesting hair grooming situations. I've had my hair cut by a sushi chef who would sneak rum in a Pepsi can so we can have a drink while he cuts my hair. A very sweet tailor who was good with his hands also tackled my situation while I was on the road. All of that just makes my travel tapestry so much more colorful. But like any traveler, home will always be where the heart is. So when I get back to Cape Town, chief on my list is sitting down with the Queen of Cuts himself, Brian from Broke's Hair in Greenpoint. I can always count on Brian and his team to make me look immaculate for my homecoming. Check them out. You can find them at 57 on Main, Greenpoint, or drop them a WhatsApp to make an appointment. 071-402-4664. That's 071-402-4664. While we're on the topic, go check their website, www.blokeshair.com. That's www.blokeshair.com. And if you'd like to whet your appetite on their artistry, check out their IG at blokeshair. And before I forget, just like my old sushi chef who supplied me with under-the-counter rum, you can have a cut and a libation, be it a beer or coffee or cognac. It's all included in the price, but unlike the sushi chef, this was all above board. I promise. I am so tired, I don't even know what's going on. I get there. First of all, God, I also got about this. I get there. And... I go to the guy at the passport desk. Is this now your arrival in Cambodia that you're talking in about? In Cambodia. He goes to yeah, my passport. Okay. He's like, visa. I'm like, okay, go. I, I don't know a visa. No one told me I needed a visa to get into this country. Oh, my God. Visa. I don't have a visa to go into the country. I am like, how did I make this mistake? Mm -hmm. I didn't make this mistake. But now I see I'm not the only person standing there like, you know, thumb up the butt. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know. Oh, really? So... I see there's like a desk there with like five people sitting there and I see above them visa. I go there to the desk and I see people that start to follow me and I, I gingerly give my passport over to the guy. The guy says, oh, South Africa, $25.
luckily, luckily by some stroke of dumb luck, I had dollars with me in Asia. Yeah. Because I changed money to the local currency the day before I left Cambodia, mm. but they didn't have, because I was in Phuket, they didn't have enough. So I was like, okay, cool. Just give me, give me whatever you have. And then just give me like a little bit of dollars. Because they take dollars anyway. Yeah. For anyone listening out there, be safe and get, if you're going somewhere and you're not very familiar with the currency, get dollars. They take dollars anyway. Yeah. They take dollars literally anywhere under the sun. I've still got a little cash reserve of dollars in my travel pass. Always, always carry some dollars with you. Man, oh man. I learned that lesson there because that could have been bad. Because I didn't sleep at all that night. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So you're saying that you had just enough dollars to meet that price of the visa or you had quite a bit more than that? No, I had like $50, man. It was not okay. even, I, I was, I literally made it like, man, I was so close. Hmm. Anyway, I give the guy my passport, give him the $25, he gives me a receipt. My passport literally just like moves like a flash between these five people. And I give a passport to the other end, there's a full-on visa stamp in there, like a whole page dedicated to the visa. <laughs> I'm like, wow, y'all just taking my money? Like, what's going on with this? I go to the guy, I'm like, you could have just pointed me in that direction. But he didn't tell him that because, you know, you can't sass those people because... They'll put you as... No, you just want to get in and get out. Never sass the border control people because they will put you as on the flight back again. Don't sass. Yeah, yeah. And because you can't complain, you know. And I get no. in and now I'm tired. This little debacle at the airport just made me exhausted. I get there. I'm like, I don't even know I'm going to get to my hotel. But girl came through. I got, there was a man with my name on the board. I am like, thank you, gay God. Oh, really? I am here for this <laughs> luxury. And then, oh man, this guy was so sweet. He came there because I was traveling with a backpack and he took the backpack out of my hands. I'm like, yes, God, here's another bag. Come and bring, <laughs> take everything with you. And he takes it there and he's, his English was really good. And he's like, all right, I'm taking you to the hotel and blah, blah, whatever. Man, this guy... I can't even remember his name. I tipped him the rest of my dollars. Oh. That was a dumb thing of me to do. But anyway. That's a sweet gesture though. I was so blown away by this guy. Like this guy took me to the hotel. Walked my bags in. He literally put me down on a chair. Because he could see I was wrong in the face. That's how tired I was. Well, you'd been awake for how long? Like 16 hours or something? More even possibly. You must have been awake for what? Like 36 hours or something like that? It was in that region. It was like me when I remember when we were talking about Ibiza and I told you that I was awake for 36 hours and I checked into the hostel <laughs> and I just crashed. He just so. crashed. But thankfully, I didn't even know the hotel I was going to go, but I didn't crash to the hostel, beige. Mm -mm. No, no. My travel agent, she came through the power of my dad's credit card and her <laughs> conviction to spend his money, honey, <laughs> five stars. God bless her I conviction stars. to spend your dad's five, money. <laughs> five. <laughs> I want to blame her. That woman is a saint. <laughs> I tell you. Man, that guy put me down in a little chair. He says, don't worry. We'll take care of everything. The people didn't even want me at the check-in counter. They just left me there. They did everything for me. Mm. Girl, they took me up to the room. This hotel is a sweet spot. And I'm just like, yes, man, I could do with this. And I couldn't contact my mom because she was obviously flying back to South Africa. But when I woke up, she was back home. And I just woke up and I was in heaven. Man, I tell you, I was in paradise. This hotel was bomb. <laughs> I was like, this is mm -hmm. the life. I ordered myself some room service, you know, tapped into that little credit card. What's your go-to comfort meal in a moment like that when you've just endured 36 hours of being awake, travel, all of that? What did you eat? It depends on where I am. Usually, like, it will be, like, if I'm in Asia, it's going to be spring rolls. Okay. With sweet chili dip. Veggie spring rolls. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Oh, yes. Spring rolls, most of the time, like, 70% of the it's time, veggie. they're going to be veggie. Yeah. They're going to be veg. Yeah. So, it's a safe option for me. I don't just want to think in that moment. But anyway, I was not there to rest and relax. I was there for the temple complex, and I was geeking out about that. Oh my God, I tell you, I was living my Tomb Raider fantasy. <laughs> the next day, I told, after breakfast, I told the guy at the front desk, like, I want to go to the temple complex, you know, what's a tea? Like, how do I get there? And he's like, no, 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 just go outside. You know, there's some guys, you can go chat to them and you can ask them to take you to the temple complex. Man, oh man, oh man. 
So first of all, I am like, okay, the money. Like what's the money situation here with the people? Yeah. Dollar was quite widely accepted. They actually preferred dollar, I felt. Okay. But the local currency is the, I think it's the Cambodian real, if I'm not mistaken. Or real, yeah. Real. And was very used. The, the notes I had was very used. Might have seen a strip or two in its day, but anyway. <laughs> Might have seen a stripper or two, might have been used for a bump of Charlie, who knows? You know, who knows, who knows? The world is literally that note's oyster, but anyway. <laughs> and I look at the conversion, I was like, oh, yes, I'm rich in this spot. I'm like rich, rich, like baller rich. Mm. I'm thinking to myself, I can let go now. I don't have to count the pennies anymore. Not that I ever do really count the pennies because I live my life as if tomorrow is not going to come. That's a good and a bad thing about me because right now, as we're speaking, like my savings is literally a pink little pig in my cupboard. So like, it's not mm. a good way to live. But you know, YOLO. I was loving that conversion rate and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just treat myself to whatever I want. Because, uh, sorry, a dollar in the local currency of Cambodia, I think gets you about over 4,000. Mm, something like that, yes. Of the Cambodia real. Yeah. When we were talking about Bali, what was it? It was a $100 bill would get you about one and a half million, million yeah. repair. Um, so that's like one is 10,000 of the local currency, something like that. One, point, one is 15,000. Whereas mm. this is one is 4,000. So this is slightly, slightly stronger currency yes but what you can do with that four thousand you know it's different like it was much more like bali is cheap but cambodia oh which is a whole new level of cheap don't even get me started really? on vietnam i feel like vietnam and cambodia is a like, competing with like prices and stuff like so cheap it's a race to the bottom and i am there for it and i'm going to support them from the sidelines who's gonna win mm. Mm. I told the guy at the front desk, I was like, I want to go see the temple complex because I was there for about a week and that's all that I wanted to do. I literally just wanted to go and soak up the temple yeah. complex and I literally just wanted to do that. But where's the airport in reference to the temple complex? Because the temple complex is in the northwestern part of Cambodia, but where's the airport? Literally as like they're right next to each other. Okay, Literally great. next great. to each other. As you are taking off, from the airport, the runway is facing, I think, in a east-west direction. I think it's in an east-west direction. I can't remember now. But anyway, if you look out of the window, well, I remember as I was leaving, and when I looked out of the window on my left-hand side, I could see the temple complex. It was like a stone throw away. It was really, really close by. Okay. Like, for example, when you leave from Cape Town International, you see, like, the factories. You know, like, there's, like, industrial area around the airport. Yeah. That, it was like that. That's how close it was. Okay. Wow. Beautiful. In my mind, I was going to go to this temple complex and I was just going to walk around, go 400 square kilometers. I think it's 402 acres or it, it's, it's, it's a lot. One, I don't know. It's, it's a Shit. lot. It's huge. I grossly underestimated how yes. big this temple complex is because when you hear about this place, you only hear about Angkor Wat. Now, Angkor Wat is the best preserved out of all the temple complexes, and it's the most intact out of all of them. But there is so many other temples dotted around the space. Yeah. Like off the top of my head, there's Angkor Wat, and then I think like about three kilometers away from Angkor Wat, there's Angkor Thom. Yeah. And then from there, four kilometers away, you get Takeo and Taprom, and so many other places, little temples as well. But Angkor Wat is special, you're right, because it's at the top of the high classical style of Khmer architecture and it's become the symbol of Cambodia. It's on its national flag and it's the country's primary attraction for tourists. Yeah. So, but yeah. when you go there, you buy a pass to get into the temple complex and you get to see all the temples with a pass. Wow. So I bought myself a week, a week or five day pass, I can't remember. And... But as I left the hotel, the guy was just like, oh, no, you just go outside, you talk to one of the guys there. And I go outside and there's like a guy like waiting there in like a tuk-tuk. I love a tuk-tuk go. Like it's a car, like, like a vehicle, <laughs> it's open, and you can sit down and you can like eat like... It's a little, little... three-wheeled car, mm -hmm. right? Like little delectables. Yeah. I love it so much. 
Like I'm always just sitting mm. at the back munching on like some mango or something like that. I took one when I was in Lisbon. I forgot to mention it in our conversation. It was expensive. It's expensive in Europe. But I can imagine around Cambodia and Southeast Asia, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Well, honey, let me bring you into this, girl. Let me tell you how cheap this was. Girl. I overpaid because I felt so bad for this guy. Oh, wow. This guy, this guy offered, he told me that he would take me around. His English was really good. He's like, I'll take you around the temple complexes and you can see the temples like a local. Mm. And if you want, I will stay with you the whole day. And if you want to go out in the evening to the little, because there's a, um, they've got a, like a pub, they call it Pub Street. Yeah. Like the party, the, like the party center. Of, oh, you must um, have loved that. Girl, you know I'm for, there as, for that as well. We'll get into that in a moment. If you want to go to Pub Street as well, I'll take you there as well. I'll wait for you and I'll bring you back to the hotel. And tomorrow I can pick you up again. So he's going to spend an entire day and night, and then he's willing to do basically the same the next day. Ani? Oh, bless. Is there a high season, though, for tourists? Because I presume he was w wanting to capitalize on the opportunity. I'm not sure, but I know that they get the rainy season, so I think that would not be like a thing. I don't know uh, when the rainy season... Okay. The rainy season should be quite similar to Thailand's rainy season, I presume, which is like kind of like... September, October, that type of time. Okay. Time, time okay. Of year, I think. Anyway, this guy was like, um, he prefers dollars. I'm like, okay, um, I can go get some dollars. Um, so he's like, okay, okay, yes, I prefer dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's fine with me. I don't mind. I go to the foreign exchange and I'll get some dollars from my card. I'm like, how much? Yeah. How much are you going to charge? Now I'm like a little bit sus about this. He's mm. like, no, eight dollars is fine for the day. Eight dollars for the whole day. I had what? to. I fought no, that guy. That's... I fought that guy up to fifteen dollars. That guy felt so bad. I could see he felt like he was extorting me. I was like, no, no, my dude, I can't give you. $8. I just want to say publicly, shame on any tourist or foreigner who's accepted that rate. Shame yes, on I was like, I was that like, is, no way. No. I felt yeah. so bad. Like I literally, this was like a thirty-minute conversation. I was like, dude. I am not going to give you $8 for the entire day. I even feel bad saying that I gave him $15 for the day. I feel like... Yeah. I, I feel bad. Honestly, I feel bad. But, no, actually... The how control, it, uh, the time, the emotional... Actually, how it him, came about, everything. it wasn't initially that that conversation took place there. Because he was very much, oh, mm. no, we worry about the price later on. And then we... It was like a well. portion of the day in, in it already. And I was like, okay, how much are you going to charge me for all this? Because... You're like basically like being like a tour guide. And he's like, oh, $8. I'm like, no, girl. We're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And I, and I pushed the price up and it's like, is this okay? He's like, no, no, too much, too much, too much, too much. I'm like, no, dude. Like, literally, this is bad. Then I went back to the hotel yeah. and I told him and the, the guy was like, oh, that's a lot of money. Like, for them, it's a lot of money. I was like, really? man, man. Wow. I mean, this was like six years ago. Things might have changed, you know. Okay. And okay. this guy, oh man, he was amazing. He was amazing. Whole day with me, took me to the temples, waited for me at every single temple, took me to his favorite lunch spots, then took me to Pub Street at night, waited for me while I was doing my stuff in Pub Street, and then take me back to the hotel. Then he would be at the hotel. He would walk into the hotel, he would call my room to wake me up, and then he would wait for me at the bathroom, and we would continue what? after the game. What? It was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Is he, like, incredibly patriotic about his country, or is he, what's the deal? I mean, to put in that much effort for $15. Still speeches to this day. Still speeches to this day. Because that guy, yeah, I can tell. he made that experience. He literally made that experience for me. I experienced mm. it like a local. I ate at like weird little spots, but the food was good. And he translated, so he made sure that it was vegetarian and was friendly and all of those things. Mm. It was amazing. You don't have a name for this guy or I, I, contact I Actually, or you know what? Man, it was six years ago. It was six years ago, baby. Like, um, you know, I, I can't remember. I, I, I really can't remember. But man. Well, remember I told you about Putu Transport in yes. Bali. But 
Because these guys need shout-outs, you know, on the international stage. Seriously, like this guy, he was... I, I think somewhere I've got a picture get. of his, his, like his business card or something like that. I, I'll go check him up and just if I have it, though. See if you can find it. Well, See if you I, can find it. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. I think that the thing is, though, on. where that pictures was on, that camera got stolen. I think it wasn't there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure, but I, I will go and double-check again. Okay. But this guy, man, oh, man. Okay. Legend. Legend. And my goal was, I literally just wanted to get lost in this temple complex. And yeah, I went there, this guy taking me around to all these places. Like you go to Angkor Wat, Angkor Wat is the busiest site. Well, what the people don't know, and what I didn't know until quite recently, is that the Angkor Wat temple complex in Cambodia is the largest religious monument in the world by land area. Mm -hmm. Because it's such a vast area. I mean, the complex, the, the temple itself, I presume, isn't the largest religious monument, but the whole area is gigantic. It was built, like, back in the early 12th century. In the Kemer, uh, it was the, mm. the high point of the Khmer Empire. And you look at this and you think to yourself, how did they build this in the 12th century? Like, just to give you an example, mm. around, um, around Angkor Wat, there is a, a lake... Like not a lake, like a moat. It's almost like a, a moat. Mm. Yeah? And this moat is maintained by a, a separate body of water, mm -hmm. which is like a few meters away from the main building. And somehow they capitalized on the raid and keeping this thing full. I think up until today, they still don't know how this thing works because this random... Okay. <laughs> body of water is just there but the purpose it serves is to make sure that the temple constantly has water around it year round okay okay as far as i know they don't know how this thing works and man it's just you go there and if you go to angkor wat and you find yourself in the place first of all you're lucky as all hell it is mind-blowing I've mentioned on this podcast before, I've seen some amazing places. I've been to the Taj Mahal. I've seen snow on the Eiffel Tower. I've been to the Grand Canyon. Mm. I've snorkeled on the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, I've done some amazing things. But Angkor mm. Wat in the morning, sunrise, man, oh man. I'm not a morning person. No. Like, don't ask me to wake up early. Yes. You're going to get a very grumpy me. Very grumpy me. But that just set my, yeah. my soul in peace. Just seeing the sunrise and getting some snaps, mm. it was really, really cool. It was such a good mm. experience. I still remember till this day. And I tell you, I literally just, because I was on my own. Nice. And nice. this guy was very happy to just leave me to my own devices and whatever. And I just, a lot of the temples, like Angkor Wat is it's pretty busy itself but then you start going to the other smaller temples mm. around because there's many other temples around as well and a lot of it like the jungle has like you know the jungles moved in so a lot of it's like heavily like foresty and jungly and i just spent like an entire week just in complete silence i was so happy to not speak mm. to anyone because silence is a lot for me because you all know Judging by this podcast... Oh, you can talk. Can we just... Can we just even... See, what the listeners don't know is that I have to fight to get a word and I have to interrupt you. <sighs> He's not even lying, y'all. The listeners don't know, but Mark has to apologize to me after episodes that he didn't let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> is that an exaggeration? It's not an exaggeration at all. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I just gave my vocal cords like some rest, you know. Give it a rest during the day so you can use it at night. You know what? Let the people in the church say amen. <laughs> you know, speak the truth on it though. But <laughs> it was the most gratifying experience that I have, that I had up until that point in my life. Mm. Just walking mm. in complete silence and awe. And mm. just the beauty of this place and... Because there's many temples that you don't see a lot of tourists and it's completely secluded and... Wow. You just sit down. You feel like you're in a Tomb Raider game though. Girl, you feel like you're in level. 
You feel like you're your, doing the thing, though. I was Miss Lara Croft. Your fingers and your thumbs start tapping as if you were holding a console. <laughs> you know what? This is so bad, but I game so much that sometimes at night, just as I'm about to go down to sleep, I sometimes, in my head, I still, by reflex, my fingers, like, they jolt, like they're going to do something. And this happens so often. I'm not even shitting that with us now. That is such an unhealthy practice, Marco. You need to check that out. That's not good for you. After the Nepal episode, there was a game that inspired me to go to Nepal and Uncharted. And after that episode, I started playing the game. And I was so into it, man. Oh, man, I was so into it. I was so proud because I'm trophy hunting at the moment. And I'm going to leave my PlayStation handle as well, my PSA network on as well. Y'all can come on and game with me, but don't be mean. And... <laughs> I'm trophy hunting, so I'm upping like the how intense my gaming experience is. And I was just about to go down, and in my mind, I can see the reticule for the gun, like the, the aiming yeah. little the the little yeah. thing that you use to aim. I see it in my mind's oh, eye, okay. and my fingers automatically like they just like go to the shape <laughs> of the controller. Like man, I, this is too much. I need a break from this. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. I am not even, I can't even make this up. And a good game as well, know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, Marco. You never cease to surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just living, the vision that I had for my time there was just, it so happened. Yeah. I was so thankful for it though. Because I just spent time, I got lost just walking there. But I'd lost and I didn't know where it was going. I was just like, just happy to meander. Just not paying attention to where you're going. Not yeah. paying attention to where I was going, taking it in, taking stock, you know, just taking stock of life because when silence gets you. Yeah. And the great thing about being deep in the, the jungle, or at least surrounded by jungle, is that you don't hear any traffic, you don't hear any noise pollution. Mm -mm. It's just pure, pure silence, the weight of silence. Mm. Unless there's some annoying tourists being tourists. I totally understand. Hang on. I totally understand your description of being there by yourself and appreciating the silence because that's how I appreciate special moments. When I, we still need to talk about Ondalsnes in Norway and just my experience of this particular valley. But in general, when I'm in a beautiful place, especially in nature, I can be very quiet. You know that. Mm -hmm. I can just shut off don't talk to me don't be around me i just want to be by myself and i just want to soak it all in i want to sit down somewhere i don't want to be on my phone that's for me is just golden moments so totally understand what you're saying in your description of being there at Angkor Wat. well then first of all honey you can't travel with me because your special moments god it's gonna be yap 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 because you know my mouth can go we're going to issue special design contrast <laughs> timeout cards and I'm going to issue them to you every three hours so that I can hour it to myself. Otherwise, my ears are just going to get filled with your bullshit and they're going to start bleeding. You know, sometimes I don't like you. Seriously, though, I can't... You know, you, you guys hear how I get bullied. If I don't have space to pack all of these timeout cards because I'll need numerous <laughs> because maybe it just it steals opportunity for another pair of shoes in my bag, then what I can do is I can cover your drinks for an hour. Actually, no, because you can get through a lot. I can cover your drinks for two minutes. <laughs> you can place an order and then you can sit at a table for an hour and I can go do my own thing. Oh my God, guys, I get bullied here. You know, why must the pretty ones always have the problems? You know, God doesn't give with two hands. But anyway. <laughs> Yes, darling, this is the Queen Diva and you best believer. I'm checking in on your lot and making sure you're on the naughty list over on our Patreon. Our Patreon family is on the grow, y'all. And darlings, the Kiki is fabouche over there. we got some exclusive content just for you on our Patreon. And while you're in the mood and loving the Kiki, Go, you can catch us on our social media. We got your IG at the Contrast Podcast and we got the tweet too, at the Contrast Part 2. That's at the Contrast Part 2. Now, don't come and be shady up on Twitter now. Also, browse our website 
at www.contrast.net.za to stay inspired and if you want to set a best with all the tea sign up to our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse and don't forget we stream on all major streaming platforms anyway you know i'm not gonna get into that but getting lost and i just marinated in my own in myself mm. and i actually started getting to know parts of me that i i just i brushed over i guess and it was it really was so nice and it was also like really cool because like there's quite a few you know there's monks around as well and i love spending time with monks not necessarily interacting them, but just being in the same space as they are. And if I do find one that, you know, speaks English. Because they're quite calm and meditative as they walk and go about their days, yeah. And I like people. I like talking to people, as guys can obviously hear. Yeah, if they can get the word in, go power to them, you know. But monks are pretty quiet, so I can just go. But it was really nice being in that space and being around them as well. And being in this amazing space, which I think at the heart of it, it was constructed as a, as Chris said, it's a large um, religious site. Yeah. It was constructed originally as a Hindu temple. Angkor Wat, the way that it's built, is based on the mythical mountain called Mount Meru, which is, if you're Hindu, you'll know what Mount Meru is. And... Angkor Wat was built in such a way that it represented Mount Meru. What is Mount Meru? I don't know how to describe Mount Meru basically to you. It's in... Is it a physical place or is it like a metaphysical... It's a metaphysical thing. place. It plays very heavily into... So it's similar concept to Zeus and the gods residing on the top of Mount Olympus. Kind of vibe or not really? I won't say the same because Mount Meru means a lot more. I think it's... Please forgive me if I get this wrong whoever's listening to this my understanding is that it is a representation of seven levels that you ascend something like that i could be could be getting this wrong but that's what anchor what it was built to represent it was a physical representation of mount meru and it was built by the Kemer king mm -hmm. oh something with an s in the second y'all can google that for yourself because i'm not going to butcher the name like that <laughs> But Surya, something like Surya that. Surya no. <laughs> And But it's now a Buddhist temple. And you see a lot of monks around the space. And yeah, I just feel like being there, I just found myself in this place. And I, I went there with this, like this very... Mm. I went there going there because Tomb Raider was there. And I ended up having this very deep connection. I feel like I found myself there in a way. Because I, I, I did this when I was 21. And in our culture, 21 is like a coming of age. And I feel like I literally, I came to age in the jungles of Cambodia. I, I feel like that's when I really, truly stepped in mm. to the man that I am today. Obviously, I'm more now. Actually, I was more then, but I'm less now because, you know, Sisek had a little bit of a weight loss. We'll post pictures and then you can hop into the DMs as well. And I thank you, sweetie. But, you know, Chris, I have to admit something to you. So you admitted something to us <laughs> on the Bali episode. And if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, go check out Chris's Bali episode. So <laughs> for those of you who listen to the Bali episode, Chris said that when people ask him, because he comes from Cape Town and everybody here apparently surfs. I'm nervous now. Everybody apparently surfs. Yeah, when people ask Chris, like, do you surf? And he's like, only when I'm in Bali. Uh, you really going to put this on blast again? Oh, you asshole. Like, he pulls that one out on people. Like, I only suffer when I'm in Bali. Because, girl, you know, as if he's not bougie. <laughs> but first of all, you don't serve, sweetie. As you said it yourself, you dick drag. <laughs> not to be pretentious, but just because it's true. I haven't surfed historically in Cape Town. It's you know what? I can't even remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. But I remember that like it was five minutes ago. But we're going to let you have that. <laughs> You'd remember that description. So Chris surfs in Bali. <laughs> Guys, don't hop in the comments and try to burn Chris. Uh, he surfs in Bali and he surfs in Bali. Leave him in peace. No, 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 no. Actually not. If anybody brings us up in any comment section on any social media, y'all going to have to drop an address because we're going to have words. 
I'm going to stand up for my <laughs> esteemed co-host and colleague. Y'all ain't going to drag him like that. And I'm actually being very serious about this. And nobody, nobody is going to come for me when I drop in conversation as casually as I please when I say I jungle oh, trek in Southeast Asia for a week. Y'all going to say nothing about it, though, because I jungle trek. <laughs> But no, we know that I have a show for driving me around, though. <laughs> so, you, so, so, Chris, you surfed in Bali, and I jungle trick. And that's the story we are sticking no, at. But you were driven around the jungle for a week. Listen here, Mr. Dick Dragger. Please, I just defended your honor right now. So, please. Sorry, sorry, sublief. sorry. My lips are your sealed. Lips, and the listeners, don't at me. Because I'm in that space. So I jungle trekked in Cambodia. I think that's what we're going to call this episode, jungle trekking in Cambodia. Y'all, no, you can't because then people are going to believe that you actually did. Can you believe <laughs> the gay jungle trek? Me. Anyway. The gay jungle trek. <laughs> Maybe that is a good episode title. I don't know. It was, like, it was like George in the Jungle, but the gay version, though. <laughs> <laughs> Or Tarzan and the vines, girl. You weren't holding on to vines. Who told you I wasn't holding on to vines, girl? You know I can't drop all the spice like that, though. <laughs> I just want to know what you got up to on Pub Street. We're going to get into that soon, 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 soon. But anyway, y'all, make your way to Cambodia. And please, lose yourself. Jungle ticket ID. Like, there's no other way to see Cambodia. You got a jungle ticket. And just go out there and just... I know sometimes we go to mm. these places, oh, it's pretty nice to see, and we just kind of like brush it over, and we go on with our lives. But so rarely do we just, just like soak in the moment and take it in. I had like a week of marinating, and it was amazing to my soul. It was like a facial to my soul. Like a feeling after you get a facial, oh, it's the best thing ever. Your pores <laughs> are open, your skin is glowing. Mm. Anyway, so I spent my days in the jungles of around Angkor Wat, and at night I was in Papsit. Papsit is a joint. Mm. Oh, man. A lot of foreigners, a lot of tourists. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Like, after all that walking, you go there, you get a $3 foot massage for 30 minutes, you get a beer and Wi-Fi. Yes, girl. Ooh. And you're just sitting down. Well, you get a beer and you get Wi-Fi while you're getting a $30 foot massage. No, it's $3. Sorry, it was... Sorry, a 30-minute foot massage. All of that's for $3. And but it's not like a massage bottle. You just deal. sit outside and you get your feet done. You know, whatever. And, you know, you can try all sorts okay. of weird meats. They've got alligator burgers. And I was like, no, that's too white for me. I'm not going to get involved with that. Alligator burgers. So... I just like, I left that stuff as is. I was just there for the, because this was the first time I ever encountered mm. spring rolls, but like of the, you know, when it's rice paper spring rolls. I don't know if you've ever had those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where it's, it's soft. Yeah. So that was the first time I had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My older sister makes that all the time. Oh, it's so delicious. You take the rice paper and you submerge it in water so that for a little bit. I don't know, like two minutes or something. Yes, yeah. You just like a little bit of water. Yeah, it's so easy to work. And with. then you fill it with some nice veg, like raw veg, like carrots and you know strips of beetroot and all sorts of things. You put a nice sauce on it, and oh, I think I'll have it for dinner tonight. So good because I have some rice paper here that I get from the Chinese so grocer. So thank you for that idea. Just to give a shout out, my older sister is an incredible, incredible. And if she's listening oh. to this, I am a vegetarian and no, I'm not gluten intolerant. So you can go ham when you invite me over for dinner. Thank you. We can leave. She's a vegetarian. Oh my God. I already love your sister. Like she does yoga. She likes to cook and she's a vegetarian. Yeah. Why is she not my favorite sibling? I don't understand. And she's this. probably been to as many countries as you. I don't understand. Chris, you need to fix this. Why is she not your sibling? No, I said, why is she not my favorite sibling? Like, because <laughs> To be continued, I will come back with the rating system. Feel nervous. <laughs> I don't think you should invite that kind of tension into this dynamic. You know what, girl? I'm going to let it be. Leave me in peace. If I want to rate things, I will rate it. <laughs> and yeah, like I was saying, I just spent my evening at Pub Street. Yeah. Just having... 
delectables and... Is Pub Street busy with foreigners? Very busy with foreigners. Predominantly, which nationality did you encounter? Was it mostly Australians? Germans. I felt there was a lot of Germans. That was going to be my second question, or was it Germans? Because I see, wherever I go, I encounter so many Germans. So, so many Germans. And... Which is cool. I've, I've met some really nice people. I'm just saying that they travel a lot. They do. And they like to like do it like for like a month plus. Go mm. for months. No, like three to nine months. Like they travel for a long for a period long of period time. time. But it, it's a good change, you know, treating them well. And yeah, I just, yeah. it was just like a nice little Southeast Asian like party vibe. Like you know, it's kind of the same everywhere, I guess. This was just like really cheap. Mm. Like it would be the same as you would get like mm. in Poppy's 1, Poppy's 2. That type of vibe, you know? Yeah. And besides Angkor Wat, there's another tourist, like a tourist like attraction in um, Simri, which is the lake. Yeah. And the lake was also a very profound experience as well. So you go to the lake. I didn't know what to expect going to the lake. I was like, oh, it's a lake. I'm going to go, you know, it's going to be fun down the lake, da-da-da, whatever. <laughs> get on this little cutesy-bootsy boat. And, you know, the whole thing. And we get into, like, the middle of the lake or, like, just before the middle of the lake. And it's, like, people, like, living on the lake. Hmm. I was, like, wow. This is something else. I kind of was, like, I was a little bit uncomfortable with it because I don't like that type of tourism where the point of it is for you to see how people live. If I'd known that that was what it was, Uh. I would have not gone. Because people are not an attraction. Yeah, it's a bit strange that... No, people aren't an attraction. No. I don't condone that at all. No. Just like I don't condone, like, animal tourism and, like, where people go in these drugged-up tigers and elephants. And I don't condone that at all. Like, I'm just... No. So, like, the same thing with yeah. the people. And I just thought it was going to be a fun day at the lake. Me and, you know, me and my eye-gay ass. It was like, oh, going to be a cute day on the lake. I had a cute little outfit on. Sun's going to eat me. And all of that stuff. Man, it was this very harrowing experience. Like I got out there and to see these people living and making life happen. But I think the one thing that really strikes me in my mind, like the boat kind of stopped like in the middle of this village. And I was like, why y'all, why, why we got to do this? And this little girl is sitting in a pot. Mm-hmm. It was a big pot. Like a cooking pot. And she's like rowing herself in this pot. In a cooking pot. I think it was a cooking pot. Oh, wow. And she's like rowing herself towards the boat and she's like asking for one dollar. And I was just like, man, that was a powerful moment for me. I don't know why that just struck me. Well, yeah, because it's not often that you see a little girl in a cooking pot, you know, rowing herself over to some tourists asking for a dollar. That's pretty heart-wrenching. That was really heart-wrenching. That really, really was, though. But I did that just just before I left Angkor Wat. Okay. And one thing that I absolutely loved about Angkor Wat as well, God, I like buying paintings when I travel. It's like one day when I, when I have like this big house, yeah. I want all my paintings from all around the world and go out and ham because the paintings were cheap and it's like these beautiful oil paintings and man, it was really, really, really cool. It was yeah. really cool. I bought like a shit ton of paintings when I was there. Really? How did you transport them home? Yeah, like you roll them up. You roll them up and you put them in a cardboard circular container. They gave me a thing. They gave it to me. I almost forgot it at the airport. And the lady's like, oh, you forgot your stuff. And I kind of ran through the border post and back again. But I literally didn't get stamped. I just like illegally ran back and back out again. But yeah, Flamen, I could speak about this destination for hours, man. I believe it. I I, I barely just like touched the surface of Simileb itself. And I definitely want more people to get in there. Like, Cambodia is cheap. It really is cheap. And they could probably do with tourism and foreign money at this point in time. So people should definitely get over there. I will say this. I, I do really love Thailand. But I feel like they have had so much contact with tourists that it's kind of left a mark on the country. Uh, and you feel like when you're dealing with the locals, you know that they know that there's going to be money involved. They're friendly. They treat you like a walking wallet. They're friendly with you, but I feel like it's not a genuine friendliness. I, I could be wrong, but this was my experience. And I've been to Thailand a few times now. But in Cambodia, I felt like, man, it, it definitely was genuine. Their smiles, every single person I counted was absolutely genuine. And people always mm. ask me, like, 
you know, what is the, the warm heart of Africa? Now, I always say it's Malawi. Because those people, they were genuine as all hell. I mean, they're just happy to be here and just happy to be, just happy. They're just happy people. They've got the most beautiful smiles. And the same with Cambodia. That's what I felt. Like, that was, like, for me, was, like, out of all this, I've traveled quite extensively Southeast, in Asia, and Southeast Asia. And I just felt everyone was just so genuine. But that was my experience. I mean, someone else could not, you know. Huh. But I just, that destination to me was something that really just drove home that some places is just so awe-inspiring that your soul cannot help but be moved. Mm. And I definitely, I, I tell you, me versus before and after, I definitely feel like that experience just has made me such a better person. Just spending time with myself and being in something that was so old and, you know, there was just so much memory in that place, in the walls, and I could just feel it, man. And it shifted me, mm. but it shifted me for the better. Mm. It was, man, it was such a positive experience. And I really, I encourage people, like, get to Cambodia, guys. Y'all are sleeping on this destination. Okay. Well, I'm sold. I want to go. <laughs> I also want to... Pub Street, here we come! <laughs> Remember, that's where you get your timeouts from me. Ugh, you know what? <laughs> Just fight me, man. Just fight me and get done with the story. Well, I am very, very appreciative of that conversation because, as I said, I didn't know much about Seam Reap. And I didn't even know, for example, that Seam Reap actually means the defeat of Seam. I don't know if you knew that either. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Seam referring to the Siamese. Anyways. Ah! Yeah. So... That was very interesting, and I think we have to wrap it up there, Marco. I know you can talk forever. I know you can talk forever. Mm -hmm. I just don't have time. I just don't have time. Wow. And you guys see how, how <laughs> I get hurt on a daily, on the daily. And I would be able to love with you hurting me like this if you at least had a steady stream of... Treats coming my way. Dried uh, up. <laughs> I need a wingman, you better. I'm sorry. No, you need to start wingmaning me, period. <laughs> wingmaning me better means you've done it. St okay, you, you I, I'll start it. reaching out to my, my friends and the community and seeing, seeing what I can organize for you. No promises. No promises. Don't make it obvious, though, because I'm not desperate, though, because 95% of the time I'm going to be know. like, no. I know. That's why short. I don't even bother, because you'll just turn them all away. And then I've just created an awkwardness. If they look like Zac Efron, it's a yes today, it's a yes tomorrow, it will be a yes <laughs> next year, too. Well, that's it for today. If you enjoyed our conversation, please leave us a five-star review and drop us a spicy comment. Also, we got you good on social media, so check us out on IG at The Contrast Podcast. And we got Twitter as well, so pop us a tweet at The Contrast Part 2. That's at The Contrast Part 2. So get involved and spread the word about The Contrast Podcast to your friends, family and colleagues. Share the love, Judies. And remember, don't be good when you can be great. <laughs> <laughs>